Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Budo the Martial Way. As always, I'm your host, Lewis, and today I would like to talk to you about the three primary qualities. That is the three primary qualities of you, of me, of any individual, the three faculties that make up who we are. And this is really important for those of us who are trying to improve ourselves, trying to work on ourselves, self-actualizers. What I want to talk about is these three primary qualities, and I'm going to break them down and really explore these qualities, because what that will do is give us a good opportunity to think about how we can improve them, where maybe we're not quite working as hard as maybe we, we could be, and where we are lacking to really assess ourselves, to look at our strengths and weaknesses, and, and talk about where we can start to work on ourselves and what we can develop. So thank you for joining me today, and without further ado, let's get into it. So what are the three primary qualities? I'm not going to leave you hanging any longer. I'm not going to leave you guessing. They are physical, intellectual, and spiritual. Physical, intellectual, and spiritual. These are the three categories that make up the qualities of any individual. Before we start talking about what these are and what they consist of and how we can look at improving these and working on these, first I want to talk a little bit about the very necessity of improving these qualities. I, I get the impression from a lot of people these days that the, the general lifestyle that a lot of people have and that is kind of advertised to a lot of people is that you, you have your job, you have your nine to five, you have your work. And obviously that's very important living in this modern era. We need to make money. We need to pay the bills. We need to put food on the table. I'm not disputing that, of course. Obviously, working is very important to, to make money, especially if you have a family that you need to support. There's no question about that. But then the impression I get is that after we have worked and after we have finished working, we have this kind of idea that everything else beyond work is just free time, free time to, to just relax, to watch Netflix and chill and and just do whatever we want and just and just kind of kick back you know oh i've been at work for a long day now i want to relax now i want to chill out now i want to have some fun now i want to just sleep and i really truly honestly believe that working on yourself developing yourself is is it, a lot of people see it as a hobby you know like oh what what do you, what do you like to do for fun i play the guitar i like to paint pictures I like to go for a run. These are just, these are just hobbies. These are things you like to do to just fill your time. And oh yeah, you know, fitness has some physical benefits, but at the end of the day, it's just something you do for enjoyment. And this is something I actually had someone I was living with actually said to me once. Um, I woke him up because I was doing a workout at like 11 a.m. And, uh, and he got annoyed with me and I, I had to make the point to him that I, it's not something I'm just doing for fun. I honestly consider this an obligation. The, your body is not separate from you. 
we we often say, you know, this is my house, this is my car, this is my body, like it's something we own. Like, like our body is separate from us. Our body is not separate from us. Working on the self, developing the self is, is exactly that. It is developing your very existence on this planet to be healthy, to be happy, because being happy is honestly just something you can actually directly work on. To be, uh, to be healthy, to be happy, to work on your mental faculties as well as your physical existence. It's not something that is just a pastime, just a recreational activity. It should be a necessity. It should be considered a necessity for every single individual to develop the self and to be in the best condition that we can be. Something you hear a lot these days is, I think, an excessive amount of positive reinforcement you hear people always saying like, oh, you're perfect the way you are. You're perfect the way you are. You don't need to change anything about yourself. That is absolutely ridiculous. That is complete bullshit. I'm sorry, but you're not perfect the way you are. To say that to anyone is absolute fallacy. It's just an outright lie. You're perfect the way you are. No, of course you're not. You can always be fitter. You can always be more intelligent, more educated, more equipped to, to deal with the life that you lead. You can always work on something. Now, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put anyone down. I'm not trying to, to make anyone feel bad, but that's just a simple reality that we can always be better. We can always be more. There's always something we can work on. And to simply, to say to someone that they are perfect, nothing is perfect. No one is perfect. We all have qualities of ourselves that we can and we should work on. So what are these qualities? Physical, intellectual, and spiritual. So let's start with that first one, physical. Now this is, I think, the easiest to understand because most of the time I'd say when someone thinks to themselves, oh, okay, I need to, I need to work on myself. I need to do something for, for myself. That physicality is usually the first thing they think of, especially... <laughs> Especially now in the uh, in the Western world, when I think, if I remember correctly, the last time I saw the UK has, um, I think, if I remember right, two thirds of the population are overweight and one quarter are obese. So when people talk about an obesity epidemic, over half of the people in the country are o overweight. That's unreal. That's abs almost unthinkable. So that is often what people go to first, that physical aspect. Oh, I need to lose weight. I need to get better. Heart disease is, is just killing far too many people. Now, I'm not going to talk to you about what the physical and also psychological benefits of exercise are, okay? I'd like to think that everybody who's listening to this podcast now is well beyond that, okay? I'm not going to tell you about, oh, if you lose weight, you're not going to get a heart attack. Yeah, we all know that physical exercise is good for us and we should be doing it and we should be active and we should be healthy. That is not even a point of discussion right now, okay? But what, we, but what I would like to talk to you about is exactly what physical exercise, what, what the physical condition of our body really is. Because again, I get the impression, and, and no, I'm not the impression, I know this for, for, as a fact. I know this from working in a gym, I know this from, from having so many clients who I, I've had to completely introduce uh, to exercise from a completely sedentary lifestyle. 
a lot of people consider exercise and say, okay, all right, I'm out of shape. I need to do some exercise. My doctor tells me I'm going to die. What do I do? I get a gym membership. Okay, I'm at the gym. Now what do I do? Uh, get on a treadmill. That's running. Running's good. Cardio's good. Yeah, I know how to run. Everybody knows how to run. Get on a treadmill. And that's it. That's their exercise. Just get on a treadmill and run. But there's a little bit more to it than that. So let's talk about what the elements of our own physicality are. So let's start with cardio. Okay, so that's, I think, one of the easiest um, to understand cardio, not just um, for the obvious uh, uh, cardiovascular, which is our circulatory system, not just our cardiovascular system to be healthy is, is maybe one of the primary ways we will avoid an untimely death. But also cardio is, of course, one of the best ways of losing weight, which apparently many of us need to do. So when it comes to cardio, what type of cardio is there? Well, I'd like to break it down into two main categories. We've got high-intensity interval training, and we've got steady-state training. Now, I like cardio. I like running. Um, I've not done a full marathon. That is one of the things I want to tick off. But to be honest, I I don't like that kind of long-distance running. I like running. Hill sprints, fantastic, okay? That interval training... It's shown that with interval training, you can get kind of more bang for your buck, okay? So if you do half an hour of interval training where you just put some sprints in there, uh, especially if you can do hill sprints because that will work on your strength as well as your cardio, that's much more beneficial than just doing half an hour of steady state, continuous effort training. Now, obviously, if you're new to running, if you're new to exercise, you know, those intervals can be walking running or walking jogging build up to whatever you can get but the intervals you need to push yourself you need to really elevate that heart rate that's the key thing elevate the heart rate and get a sweat on it almost doesn't really matter what you're doing as long as you elevate that heart rate and you get a sweat on that's the most important thing okay you need to apply effort and that's here in japan that's one of the things i really see a lot of is you see people exercising, but they're not really trying very hard. I see people all the time when I'm running along the river, I see people just jogging at the most sedentary pace imaginable. They're not breathing hard. They're not sweating. They're not putting any effort, any effort in at all. And that's just not, that's going to have such diminishing returns. When you get fit enough that you can just jog at a comfortable pace, for half an hour, an hour. If you if that's all you ever do, you're really not going to get any more benefits. You're really going to suffocate your own exercise with your lack of effort. You need to apply effort. So sprints, that's the key. Now we can do this. Obviously, I've been talking about running a lot, but cycling, that's another good one. I'm personally not such a big fan of cycling. Um, I don't want to get run over. I don't want to have to deal, have to deal with traffic. And, uh, you know, cycling indoors is is okay. I hate treadmills. Um, running on a treadmill is very, very different to running outside. I've, I've Through my military experience and my martial arts experience, I've always run outside. So I'm just awful on a treadmill. Um, but you know what? If I have to do cardio inside a gym, 
Rowing, oh my god, I love it. Rowing is so fantastic because obviously with running and cycling, you're just really working your body, uh, you're just really working your lower half for the most part. But with rowing, you get that fantastic upper body workout as well. So it's it's much more of a whole body workout. And I just find it much more enjoyable than uh, cycling or, or running on a treadmill. I dread that. So yeah, rowing is absolutely fantastic. And, and rowers uh, are certainly... Um, it's only much cheaper and smaller than a treadmill. So if you want to get one at home, you know, it's a row is a really good one. And of course, I can't talk about cardio without, of course, mentioning swimming. Possibly the king of cardio, swimming. Again, a whole body workout, really, really much more of a whole body workout um, in terms of your muscularity than any other type of cardio. Personally, I'll admit, I'm not a very good swimmer. I'm really not a very good swimmer. I'd love to be. I would love to be a much better swimmer. But uh, it's funny that, like, you know, I can go outside and I can run for hours. And um, But you put me in a pool, 100 meters, I'm dying. <laughs> so, because I just have terrible technique. So, But if you're if you're good at swimming and if you enjoy swimming, fantastic. Great cardio. So what do we got next? Strength. That's got to be the obvious one. Building that muscle, getting hench, getting ripped, getting jacked. Strength. Now, strength can be... I'm, I'm not going to start talking about the technicalities of power output versus endurance. I just want to keep this simple. We've got a lot to go through, so I want to really keep cover the basics. What I would recommend with strength is free weights, not machines. Okay? You're going to get a lot more benefit out of free weights, but the obvious downside is that does require a bit more technique but anybody can learn it. I did. <laughs> you know. So free weights are fantastic. If you're really, really beginning and you're really not sure what you're doing. Okay. Yep. Use the machines. You know, some of the machines are really good. I like to use the, uh, the leg extension, the leg curl kind of movements that are a little bit more difficult to do with free weights, but the really, really great movements, barbell squat, deadlift, bench press, shoulder press with dumbbells, with barbells, free weights. Ah, ah, you can't, you can't get any better. All right. You really can't get any better. So if you have a gym membership or if you have, if you're one of those fortunate enough souls that you have your own set of weights at home, fantastic. Use and build that strength. You can also do body weight exercises. Okay. You can get a lot done from calisthenics. When I started working out, when I joined uh, my Muay Thai gym for the, what was it? The first couple of years at least. I didn't touch a single weight. It was all body weight exercises. The reason I picked up um, weights and the reason I, I started lifting weights was because I felt like I kind of reached um, a bit of a plateau with my body weight training. But with your body weight training, I mean, you know, you do those kind of gymnastic um, jail type workouts. You can really get a lot done and you can, you know, you build up to doing like planche and crow stands and all kinds of things. And if you can get some gymnastic rings, oh, again, unbelievable, fantastic. So again, that's strength. If you've got a gym membership, hit the free weights. If not, get some body weight exercises. Okay, next, flexibility. Now, this is really important and I think really kind of ignored by a lot of people. Um, you have some people, okay, so with flexibility, you know, yoga is an obvious one. 
Um, I'm not going to talk about the obvious origins of yoga, but, you know, it was a religion originally and the physical aspect of it was just one side of it. So now we have this kind of more westernized yoga where a lot of the time it's just based on stretching. But okay, so we're talking about flexibility here. So a lot of people, they think of yoga, they go to yoga and the people, especially a lot of those kind of big, tough bodybuilders, they don't want to be doing stretching. They don't want to be doing any of that sissy stuff. But seriously, flexibility, especially for those martial artists out there, this is the Budo podcast. This is the martial way. We are talking about being a complete individual. And if we're going to be a complete individual, we need to have that strength aspect. We need to have that cardio aspect. We need to have that flexibility aspect. And you know what as well? Having that flexibility, having that range of motion will improve your cardio. Having that longer stride, uh, having that greater range of movement in your uh, strength workout. Range of movement is so important. And that's somewhere you always see people cheating in the strength workout. So having that strength, having that flexibility, and also um, doing stretching after... Uh, after a run or after a a weight-based workout will help your recovery so much so do not do not neglect your stretching do not neglect your yoga and also on the topic of yoga actually as well if yoga is uh the only thing you do depending on the type of yoga you do and depending on who you learn it from what what your instructor is like you can make yoga very challenging and it almost kind of starts to incorporate some of those calisthenic uh exercises and positions so with um a, with certain types of yoga you will also get a strength based workout and depending on the uh difficulty of it and the the pace of it it can also be a cardio workout as well and of course you have hot yoga is super popular now and that will get you s- dripping with sweat i personally am not a fan of hot yoga but you know i'm if that's your thing absolutely fantastic but you know what yoga is actually Something I really recommend to... The fantastic thing about yoga is is you can really recommend it to anyone. So whether it's, you know, a young child or my parents. I mean, my dad has just had a couple of operations on his knees. And he he was in the paras uh, a long time ago. So he's got all kinds of problems with his legs and his back from jumping out of planes and parachuting and, you know, hitting the ground. And being in the military as well, in the military, the back problems and knee problems are everywhere, absolutely everywhere. So that is where yoga is absolutely fantastic because you can scale the difficulty to you can make it super easy. So literally, literally an an old person in a wheelchair can do some type of yoga or your super athletic, super fit people can also do yoga. So really yoga is absolutely fantastic now the next category within the physical aspect is a little bit more um uh, so we've got strength cardio flexibility this next one i couldn't really find one word that i wanted to pin it down on coordination balance agility reaction time so we're talking about kind of that uh, central nervous system and that's something that's really important again obviously in martial arts um having that coordination having that proprioception that hand-eye coordination is really important and, and, and not, not just for martial artists but in our everyday life it is so important to just simply be in control of your body 
And it's not until a lot, you know, everybody thinks, oh, of course I'm in control of my body. Of course I am. But it's not until, you know what, the, the, the fantastic way to test it, just play some sports. Just play some sports. And that's, uh, that's a really great way to train it, a really easy way to train your, your coordination, your balance, your movement on your feet with your hands. Play some tennis, play some basketball, kick a ball about, just get some friends and, and you know, anything. Throw a frisbee and start, start running about for it a little bit, you know, put some intensity into it. Any kind of sport like that, and you're going to be where you're moving about, where you're reacting quickly, where you're having to keep yourself balanced. That is really fantastic for uh, for for training those for training your central nervous system and training that uh, that reaction time and again obviously we're talking about balance we're talking about coordination yoga again obviously very fantastic for that if you put in some some balance poses and within uh, boxing and within martial arts and within muay thai you get a lot of drills that work on your reaction and work on your agility and work on your movement so again, that's something really important and something really worth focusing on. Next, nutrition. Now, obviously, nutrition is so important. And a lot of people just, when they talk about their physical aspect, that's the only thing they focus on, nutrition. It's like, oh, you need to lose weight? Just to sort your diet out, sort your diet out. A lot of people say losing weight is 90% nutrition and 10% exercise. But, you know... When it comes to losing weight, if that's your only goal, you just want to lose weight and burn fat, then yeah, you can just do that with nutrition. Because at the end of the day, calories in, calories out is the most important uh, calculation that you need to be making. If if losing weight is your only consideration, but if being healthy is your consideration, if being in good shape is your consideration, then nutrition is just one aspect that is just as important as exercise, okay? You can't eat your way to a good physique. You can't eat your way to a healthy body, okay? You can lose weight and you can burn fat. Yeah, that's great. But there is more to having a healthy body than just your body fat percentage, okay? So when it comes to nutrition, there's a lot of people focus on a lot of crazy stuff. A lot of people, what, what we really need to understand is the difference between macronutrients and micronutrients, okay? So macronutrients are the three categories that build up the calories we take in, okay? All of the calories that we take in are divided into carbs, proteins, and fats. And that's what we really need to be focusing on, carbs, proteins, and fats. Micronutrients are like your vitamins and minerals. So a lot of people put a little bit too much emphasis on the micronutrients. They're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm massively overweight, but it's okay because I just ate a load of spinach, which is high in zinc or some shit like that. You know, it's like completely irrelevant. Okay. That's not what you need to be focusing on. Okay. So macronutrients, carbs, proteins, and fats. And it has been said that about 60% of our caloric intake should be from carbs. 60%, 25% from protein, and 15% from fats. Now, something, I'm not going to go super in-depth with uh, with nutrition here right now, but something I really want to just point out right now is that carbs are not the enemy, okay? I'm going to say that again. Carbs are not the enemy. Right now, carbs are the devil. They are the big scapegoat, okay? I remember when I was a kid, it was fat. 
fat was the enemy. Oh, fat makes you fat. You don't want to eat fat. Oh, look out for your non-unsaturated poly fats. And that was the big devil. Now it's carbs. Okay. Now what you really need to understand with carbs is there are complex carbs and simple carbs. Okay. Complex carbs are, they break down in your system very slowly and they give you a lot of long-term energy that absolutely fantastic. Okay. You get your brown rice, you get your nice whole grain breads. They are absolutely fantastic. And you need those, you need those in your body. Okay. Simple carbs. Yes, they are the enemy. They are the true enemy. Okay. Sugar, sugar is the devil. Okay. We really don't need too much sugar. Those simple carbs, they'll kill you dead. Okay. But do not confuse simple carbs with complex carbs. Okay. We need the complex carbs. We need that energy. Now, the last thing I want to bring up in the uh, physical realm is personal grooming. Okay. Now, personal grooming, simply focusing on the cleanliness of your body is really important. I'm going to admit, very embarrassing, but when I was a teenager, when I was a child, I did not pay enough attention to my own personal grooming, okay? And it's something that since I began uh, training in martial arts, I'd come home from the gym, oh, disgusting, absolutely filthy, stinking with sweat, the bottom of my feet were absolutely just black with, with dirt, so I had to, I had to, every day I'd come, come back from the gym, I had to really work hard in the shower to look after myself and keep myself clean. And in the army, they say the two most important things is one, your weapon, and two, your feet. Okay. Because if your weapon is inoperational, you are a useless soldier. And two, if your feet are inoperational, if your feet break down, well, then you're a casualty, okay? And you, you need to be, you need uh, an entire section to, to then deal with you, which is taking more people out of the fight. So your weapon and your feet are your two most important things. So looking after your body, maintaining your own cleanliness is, is not only going to keep you fresh and clean in the short term, but that's going to prevent a lot of long-term problems as well. So focusing on that cleanliness, focusing on that grooming, it's, it's like, again, it's like maintaining your weapon. You are your body as a martial artist. My body is my weapon. Okay. So just in the same way that when I was in the army, I really enjoyed cleaning my rifle. It, you know, sometimes it was very, <laughs> when you're, you know, when you're tired and you're exhausted and you're filthy and you just want to pass out and you're cleaning your weapon, you hate it. But, you know, it's it's a very meditative, therapeutic exercise to, to clean your weapon and to keep it absolutely tip-top condition. And now I, I try more to apply that same care and that same consideration and that same focus on myself when it comes to cleaning. So physicality, cardio, strength, flexibility, coordination, central nervous system, nutrition, and personal grooming. These are the categories that make up our physical existence. And we can't just say, oh, well, I go to the gym and I run on the treadmill for half an hour. So I'm, I'm fit and able. There's more to it than that. All right. Let's think about those categories and let's think about how, how can I improve myself in these categories? Which of these categories am I neglecting? Which do I excel at? So let's have a little think about these and think about how we can improve ourselves. Okay. Next intellectual. Now, I think this would be a good time to point out, 
again, I've said this before in in my podcast, and I'm going to say it again. I'm no expert. Okay, I'm no expert in anything. I've studied a lot of things. I teach a lot of things, but I don't want you to think I'm sitting here preaching to you like some kind of some kind of guy who thinks he knows it all. I really don't. I, these are the things that I'm trying to work on. These are the things that I'm trying to develop. Okay. Now, when <laughs> when I was in school, anybody who knows me from when I was in school, man. I was not the best student, okay? I really, I, and a lot of the time I felt like I was above that and it, you know, it really dropped me back. But now in my adult life, funnily enough, now is when I'm actually putting an effort into developing myself physically, intellectually. So let's think about what is what consists of my intellectual faculties, okay? How, inverted commas, smart, how smart we are is not a fixed, finite quality. You know, some people, admittedly, some people are a little bit more, how should I say, switched on than others, but it is something that we can all work on and we can all develop. Okay, yeah, we've left school, and I'm not saying that you have to sit down and hit the books and, you know, you know, it can be fun, it can be, it can be enjoyable. And now that we have the freedom to really to work on ourselves in our in our own space and at our own speed working on our intellectual qualities i assure you can be fun so what dictates how smart we are okay for a start let's forget about iq okay that is not the be all and end all that's i think i was reading about how iq is really you know it's 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 the speed at which you can solve a bunch of puzzles it's not really the defining characteristic of how smart a person is. Okay. I don't care about what number you can score in an IQ test. It really means nothing to me. So first of all, I think a good place to start with intellectual qualities would be the STEM fields. So science, technology, engineering, maths. I think it is worth having some basic understanding of this, or at least some kind of interest in it. I personally, I find space very interesting. I'm always reading a lot about kind of the new developments with uh, with a lot of satellite launches. And soon we're talking about land- landing on the moon again and going on to Mars. So the kind of space when it comes to um, astrophysics really interests me. I actually read uh, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry, a book by Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I know Neil deGrasse Tyson is kind of, a pop scientist he's not the most acclaimed academic mind but you know i neither am i i'm i'm <laughs> i'm a very entry-level kind of guy so yeah that in, that interests me now moving on from that i think a really important really so so important quality when it comes to our intellectual qualities is our capacity for critical thinking when i was actually in the last couple of years of secondary school, high school for you Americans. When I was in the last couple of years of school, they actually introduced a critical thinking class. So it was completely new at the time. But I think that is really one of the absolute most important intellectual qualities that an individual can have. And I think this was something that was strongly emphasized in the uh, ancient Greek philosophic period. So to have critical thinking abilities, to be able to 
analyze a source of information objectively and impartially, especially in this day and age when we are bombarded with more seemingly more fake news than ever. We, we also have access to more information than ever. So having the ability to sift through that information and not be fed lies and disinformation and to be able to make informed decisions is really so important as an individual to have that independent, unbiased ability to analyze information. In my previous podcast, I talked about intellectual sovereignty. I think I've also read, in the terms of critical thinking, I've heard, I think I've read it referred to as intellectual autonomy. And that is, again, the ability to make your own independent decisions, not to be coerced, not to be driven by emotion, but to make rational decisions. Critical thinking is so important. So we talked about the uh, the STEM fields. We've talked about critical thinking. These are all kind of very logical, very rational. These are the hard sciences. But also, I'd like to bring a little um, attention to open-mindedness as well, okay? Now, we don't have to follow a dogmatic approach to learning. With open-mindedness and imagination and curiosity are such important qualities, certainly for um, pushing the envelope, pushing things forward for developing new technology, for developing new systems, new philosophies, new understandings. We need to have that open-mindedness and we should always have the open-mindedness to accept other opinions and other information and and not be, uh, you know, too set in our ways. So what do I do? What do I do for my intellectual benefit? Recently, you know what I've been doing? I've been playing chess a lot more. I think that's a good intellectual workout. Chess is always something I've enjoyed, but since being a child, I've never really known much more than how the pieces move. But actually recently, uh, I watched a few YouTube videos on kind of the fundamental chess tactics and strategies, you know, controlling the middle of the board and castling at the earliest opportunity and all these kind of basic um, tactics. And yeah, it's, it's really been uh, enjoyable to, to jump online, uh, just go on chess.com and you have an infinite supply of people from all over the world that you can play chess with. And it's really interesting and really, uh, yeah, a good little, uh, a good little, you know, a good little mental exercise. I've also been uh, learning Japanese, of course, and that I think is a fantastic workout for your brain. And I read somewhere that learning uh, languages, even in old age, is a good way of preventing things like Alzheimer's because it really, it really is an exercise for your brain to 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 force yourself to think and in in completely new ways. And it's funny because. I've, you know, I practice a lot of different things. I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to develop myself. But when I'm in a classroom and I'm studying um, languages for like two hours or more, after those two hours, man, I feel a psychological fatigue that I just don't feel with anything else. Like that kind of brain ache that I get with studying languages, I just, I, I never experienced that with anything else. So yeah, learning languages, I think is a really good one. And, and I, that's something I've always been quite bad at, to be honest. I mean, 
I've always been, I think, quite good at physical skills. I'm not a bad driver. I'm a good shot. I'm good at martial arts and exercise. So physical skills are something I've always done well at. But uh, learning languages, oh man, is something I've always, always, always struggled with. And that's why I have so much respect for anyone who can speak more than one language. And especially being here in Japan, pretty much everybody that I, everybody that I interact with at the very least, speaks two languages, maybe three or more. So, you know, it's really such motivation for me to step my game up. And and really, you know, I, I want to be able to speak, speak Japanese at, at least a more conversational level. We can't talk about intellectual development without simply saying, read a book. All right. It's not, it's not difficult. Read a book. Okay, I'm not talking about reading something on your phone. I'm not talking about a magazine. All right, buy a book, read a book. Okay, at the moment, I'm reading uh, Mastering the Core Teachings of the Buddha, an unusually hardcore Dharma book by Daniel Ingram. I'm reading this book because I've really, uh, it's been a what? It's been well, a good few months since I read anything to do with Buddhism or, or meditation. I think the last book I read was something by the Dalai Lama. Um, the first thing I've read by the Dalai Lama, which was, you know, it was all right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I'm reading this, uh, this hardcore, um, meditation book at the moment because at the, at the beginning of next month, I'll be going to Eheji Temple for four days, um, intensive Zazen practice. So recently I've been practicing a lot more Zazen. I've been really trying to, to kind of break through this uh, meditation plateau that I'm in at the moment. So that's what I'm reading right now. If I was to give you some book recommendations, I would recommend for a start, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Meditations is my Bible. I swear it is, if, if I could only have one book for the rest of my life, it would be Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, the great Stoic philosopher. If you've been listening to my podcasts, you know all about Marcus Aurelius by now. You've heard many of his passages, many of his teachings, and I, I can't recommend that book enough, honestly. I've got my two nephews. How old are they now? God, they're, they're only young. But I think when they get to their sort of teenage years, that's the book I'll be buying for them. Okay, I'm going to absolutely make sure those kids have a copy of meditations available to them because I can't recommend it enough honestly. I'd also recommend The Way of Zen by Alan Watts. This is an absolutely incredible book that really does an unbelievable job of detailing the uh, the specifics of Buddhism, of Zen and also of the Tao and you can't talk about Zen without it, it is Buddhism plus Tao equals Zen. So it's an absolutely fantastic book. It's not a book I would recommend for beginners. If you're just starting with meditation and if it's something you're just trying to break into, I do not recommend this book, okay? Alan Watts is a very, he's a very academic mind. So it kind of, it's, it's a little bit heavy, uh, especially toward the start. It might feel a bit heavy and it's not kind of like an easy to read guide of how to meditate but if you do have experience with meditation and it is something that you you're more comfortable with i'd say this is a, a mandatory reading this book if you really do take meditation seriously if you take zen seriously then this is a, a must read 
So as well as reading books, we are in the 21st century. So come on now, let's use this technology. What about podcasts? Okay, we've got podcasts, we've got YouTube, fantastic resources, especially um, if you're driving to work, you got to commute or, you know, if you're walking or on the train and you want to just pop something in, in your ear or even while you're working. I know a lot of people, if you're doing something, you, you know, don't have to focus on too much. You can pop something in your ear and that's very convenient. Um, so when it comes to podcasts, an obvious one, I think it's obvious, Joe Rogan. Okay, great guy. And if you are a martial artist, you already know who Joe Rogan is. And now I think the whole world knows who Joe Rogan is. I'm pretty sure he's got the most popular podcast um, out there. And he has a lot of incredible guests, a lot of very good guests. Sometimes I don't really care about the comedians he has on so much, but he has a lot of uh, political, scientific, philosophic minds. And of course, a lot of very interesting uh, martial artists on there as well. Next up, uh, Russell Brand. I'm a big fan of Russell Brand. Uh, I know he can be a very divisive individual, but he is, you know, when it comes to spirituality, certainly he's changed his character a whole lot. And, and he's, he's absolutely fascinating podcasts now and, and a lot of very interesting guests. And he was actually on the Joe Rogan podcast as well. Um, so that's a, that's a great, I think more, more than once. So that's a fantastic one to check out. He's actually got a couple of books. Um, the, the, the book on mentors. I actually do really want to read that one. So that's one I'm going to check out as well. Next, we have Jocko Willink. Jocko is uh, <laughs> going from Russell Brand, who's like the, the spiritual kind of meditative uh, insight guru to some degree, to go to Jocko, who was a US Navy SEAL. You, <laughs> if you don't know who Jocko is, look up a picture of him and you will see the most hilariously square-jawed, tough guy. You know, he looks like... He makes G.I. Joe look like underwhelming. <laughs> you know, he is such a stereotype. Um, but he is, again, he has a fascinating podcast. He has a wealth of experience. And, and when you, when you listen to him, again, he, he has also been on the, the Joe Rogan podcast and he's a very switched on guy, a very intelligent guy, not just a big tough guy, very smart, very intelligent as a, as a military leader. Um, so I would really recommend his podcast. He, he talks a lot about kind of, you know, um, self-improvement and, and working on the self as well. And an individual who has been on all of these podcasts, the Joe Rogan podcast, the Russell Brand podcast, the Jocko Willink podcast, an individual, I don't think he has his own podcast, but he's been on all of the above, Jordan Peterson. Again, another good guy. Um, I've not read his book. What is it? 11 Steps for Life or something. A book I do want to read. Again, a very in, a divisive individual. But when it comes to self-improvement and when it comes to modern um, thinkers, he's, he's one I, I'm really interested in. Uh, I think he's had a lot of trouble recently. If any, he kind of disappeared for a while and... Um, I think his his wife is having a lot of health problems and it's really hit him very hard. Um, but of course, we're all human. I mean, Alan Watts, he's considered a great mind, but he was, you know, he had a lot of problems with alcohol and he kind of drank himself to the grave in the end. You know, no one's perfect. No one's perfect. OK, but Jordan Peterson is a, is a very, very great mind. And listening to the way he talks about his kind of analysis and interpretation 
of a lot of uh, a lot of history i really think is top notch so i really really can't recommend him enough i would also uh for a little kind of bonus maybe uh uh, Frank Yang. Uh, so we're moving on to YouTube now. Um, another, uh, if I'm talking about individuals, uh, Frank Yang, he is a, how would I describe Frank Yang? He is a internet personality, bodybuilder, spiritual uh, something or rather. He's a very interesting guy, absolutely insane, completely insane. But like all the greatest minds, have a certain degree of insanity and that is where they get their brilliance from so yeah frank yang is uh, is, a, is a very interesting guy and he was actually the um the guy i got the recommendation from the uh, mastering the core teachings of the buddha the book i'm reading right now he was the one i got the recommendation for that book from so yeah frank yang is is a is a <laughs> one of my old favorites so talking about other YouTube channels, one that I would definitely recommend and one I've actually been thinking about contacting um, for an interview to do online um, for the podcast is Academy of Ideas. This YouTube channel is unbelievable. He does these little kind of essays, video essays that are uh, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes long He's done an unbelievable host of um, uh, the, the quantity he's put out is just is incredible. And it motivates me to put more work in. Um, I, I, I don't work on this podcast hard enough. I'm, I'm too much of a perfectionist. I'm too worried about getting things wrong and saying something stupid. And But when I look at the amount of sheer quantity that he's put out, it's just, oh man, I've got to work more. I've got to work harder. But I digress. The point is, Academy of Ideas, he does some absolutely fantastic um, reviews on a lot of kind of uh, psychologists and uh, a lot of great thinkers of history. And he was the one who motivated me to read Thus Spoke Zarathustra by uh, Nietzsche. So I read that book because of his recommendation and because of videos that he uploaded um, so yeah, again, um, his analysis of these great minds and of these great philosophers and a lot of the things he talks a lot about kind of, um, the psychology of, of group dynamics and things like that. And it's just, it, he's a very, he sounds a little young, but tr truly, truly, uh, I think of an unbelievable guy and yeah, I'm a big fan of his work. So if I was to recommend one YouTube channel, it would be Academy of Ideas. Now, two YouTube channels that I would recommend in the field of martial arts are Lawrence Kenshin and The Modern Martial Artist. So these two channels are just absolutely fantastic, really good breakdowns of fighters and of kind of strategy and tactics using a lot of really good videos that, you know, slow it down. And it's just really informative and really interesting. So for those martial artists out there who want to kind of step up their game, who want to research about the, the, the techniques and tactics of current and past martial artists, Lawrence Kenshin and also the modern martial artist are just two absolutely fantastic YouTube channels. So that is the intellectual quality, the intellectual faculties, and a few ideas about how we can develop ourselves there. Now, finally, 
This is the one maybe I think a few of you would have maybe rolled your eyes at when I first talked about it. Spirituality. Yeah, now I know what a lot of you are thinking. Okay, when I when when you talk about spirituality, people think, okay, oh, here we go, you know, ringing a bell and lighting some incense and chanting om. <laughs> that's, no, that's not spirituality, okay. Modern spirituality is defined as, let me quote, the deepest values and meanings by which people live. Okay, I'm going to say that again because that is so important. Modern spirituality is defined as the deepest values and meanings by which people live. So by that definition, everyone is spiritual, okay? Whether we recognize it consciously or not, everyone is spiritual. So what is it that defines our deepest values and the meanings by which we live? So to start off with, I think uh, obviously our parents uh, have a huge impact on our on our belief and our values and our philosophy and life, and then moving into later years, the the friends we make, the social circles we have, and certainly the culture of the environment that we live in. I mean, people, people. I think that's a, that's been a really interesting thing for me to moving here to Japan is that people think, you know, like like kind of like England and France and Germany and America and Canada, you know, they're all first world countries, and you know, they're kind of uh, same same but different. You know, they they obviously they have their differences, but on a certain level, they all kind of, you can kind of move between a lot of these kind of Western cultures and, and countries quite smoothly. But coming here to Japan, I think people get the impression that, oh, you know, Japan is a very um, wealthy, it's a very technologically advanced country. It's it's just as first world as England or any other country like that. So obviously, obviously we think, yeah, they're going to have, you know, kind of similar values. But coming here to Japan is really amazing how at such a deep, deep cultural, national level, the values and the philosophies that people have without even being consciously aware of it are just so different from the West. It really has struck me. So yeah, obviously, you know, we, to a certain degree, we make our own decisions about what our values are. But all of those decisions are influenced by our friends, by our family, by our culture of our country. And of course, religion is a huge one as well. A lot of, oh God, I've had people say to me in the past that uh, without religion, you can't have morals and other preposterous things like that. But a lot of people do live their life by the Bible or by the Quran or by whatever religious doctrine that people decide to follow. And also, so we're talking about spirituality here, but the law could be a lot of people's spirituality. A lot of people will say they, <laughs> they take whatever the government says, that's right and wrong. Whatever is, whatever is legal is fine. And whatever's illegal is, is completely morally wrong. You know, a lot of people take that as their moral compass. So everybody, you know, and, and some people are, are quite <laughs> maybe anachronistic in the the concept that they put themselves first and that they, I, I look after number one and I'm going to put myself before anybody else. Maybe that's your spirituality, okay? But I think it is worth for each of us questioning and having a little sit down and having a little think and having a little 
inquiry about what your own personal values are. As I was writing the um, the notes and the information for this podcast, I had a look up online about, I, had, I did a search for spiritual qualities and I got a lot of interesting results, um, a lot of words jumping out like empathy and compassion. And it was talking also about integrity, morality, patience, courage, loyalty, appreciation, generosity, honor, discipline. So these are all things that we all like to think that we're good people, you know. We all like to say, oh, I'm a good person, I do the right things. But I think when the chips are down and when you're pushed up against the wall, these things speak through us on a very uh, subconscious level. Um, And again, going right back to the start, people say, oh, you're perfect the way you are. Absolutely false, not true at all. Uh, When it comes to generosity, when it comes to trust, when it comes to appreciation, these are all things that we can work on. These are all things that we can develop and strengthen and grow. So for me, where do I find my spiritual qualities? What has been my influence? Well, from an early age, I always held logic and rationale to be very high value very important qualities that I made my own decisions from. I think uh, my dad had a big impact on that. My parents are agnostic, atheist. They've never been religious at all, but they never pushed me toward that at all. I remember once when I was a kid, I was in hospital for some minor treatment and I had to put down religion on, on the, on the paperwork. And I put down atheist and my mom actually said to me, she said, Oh, are you sure you want to be that strong? <laughs> and I just laughed at her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, but, but that was nice. I thought that was nice that my mum was like not pushing me toward anything at all. You know, I thought, oh, that's quite nice. But I am very much atheist. But yeah, so logic, rationale, and then growing up and beginning to practice martial arts, I was always attracted toward martial arts because of the the discipline and the order. And again, I joined the military as a, as a reservist. And again, that was the discipline, the order, the self-reliance and, and, and also that level of loyalty that you would find within a gym, within a military unit. Those were all things that really attracted me toward the martial lifestyle. And now older now that I've began practicing meditation I've become such a huge part of my life Buddhism Zen and the Tao are really strongly directing forces in my life now some of you may be thinking but hold on a second you just said you were atheist and Buddhism is a religion I completely disagree with that okay Buddhism is a philosophical belief system taught by the Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama. Also, Taoism is often considered to be a religion, but that, again, is a philosophical system, just like Stoicism. The Tao was taught by Lao Tzu, by Chang Tzu, by these great Taoist minds as a philosophical way of understanding life, as a way of navigating ourselves through our own lives. So I completely disagree with any organized religion at all. So 
Christianity, Islam, Judaism. I have no interest for any of them. And that includes Buddhism. That includes Taoism. That includes Hinduism. Okay. Any organized religion I have absolutely no interest in. Okay. But that's a, uh, that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> so what would my advice to you be in terms of spirituality? Okay. I'm not going to tell you, obviously, I'm not going to tell you this is what you should believe. I'm telling you what I believe and I'm telling you what I have learned and what has helped me guide my own way through life. Absolutely. But I'm not going to tell you what you need to believe. And I'm also not going to say to you, oh, but you should believe in something. I think that's really bad advice. Okay. Because that, that need to believe in something, to believe in anything is what guides people toward falling into a bad crowd and believing nonsense and, and misinformation purely because they want to believe something and then some leader some guru some priest someone comes along and tells you oh i have the answers and they say oh fantastic i've been looking for the answers give me give me the answers that's not what i'm saying okay all i'm saying is that more than anything that you should just question, question your spirituality, question your influences, question what are my deepest beliefs? What, what are my, my core values? Okay. If you don't know what they are, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Okay. There doesn't need to be something there now. You don't need to grasp at something. Okay. We don't want that at all. Okay. Just question and just be aware. That's the really core principle that I want you to take away from spirituality is just to be aware, be aware of what your influences are and be aware of what your beliefs could possibly be. And another thing to keep in mind with that is that it is not a competition, okay? When it comes to spirituality, people like to have this kind of uh, moral face-off to see who's the better person. Even in a lot of supposedly selfless practices, like Buddhism, like you go to meditation retreats and sometimes you run into people who kind of want to, you know, oh, I, I've trained at all these places and I've had all these great deep insights. It's not a competition, okay? It's not a competition. And when we have that understanding that it's not a competition, then we allow our beliefs to be challenged, okay? We should always be open to the possibility of new information of new teachings. Just like I said with the intellectual qualities, we need to be open-minded, we need to be free and open to the possibility of new information. And, you know, everybody has something to teach. As a personal trainer, that's something that I really learned is that everyone has something to teach, okay? Whether it's just one little tiny new thing, you know, you can find something from everyone that you can you can take on board and adapt to your own philosophy and to your own understanding. Okay, thank you very much for your time and effort. So that was the three primary qualities, physical, intellectual, and spiritual. I hope you found it interesting. I hope it gave you something to think about. Like I said, these are the three qualities that make up every individual. What are my physical qualities? What are my intellectual qualities? What are my spiritual qualities? And once I look within and once I kind of 
assess myself, then I can start to think about, okay, how can I grow these? How can I develop these? How can I enrich myself? And it will enrich your lifestyle, not just your own life, but the life of the people around you. When you develop these things, when you develop greater insight, greater empathy, more technical understandings, when we're fitter, happier, healthier, it will, um, our, that, that will change our lives more than anything. That will really put us on such a different trajectory through life. I is really I just can't I can't think of anything more important. I mean, once we've done work and once we've earned enough money to pay the bills, this should be the next most important thing on our list. So if you found that interesting and if you did take some things away from that, please drop a comment in. Let me know what you thought. I'm really interested to know. And if you thought it's absolute nonsense and I'm full of shit, please let me know. (laughs) I would love to hear from you either way. So subscribe, new episodes every Tuesday. And next week, I'm going to talk about sitting in our own time. So I'm going to talk about meditation again. And what I want to do is really just make sure that you are absolutely equipped to practice in your own time. I know a lot of people practice Zazen and meditation kind of reliant on apps or on YouTube or on some kind of guided meditation. But at the end of the day, meditation is an internal exercise. We need to be practicing it on our own, in our own time. So I'm going to give you a 10 minute timer and I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about how you can work on that in your own time and to be again, completely independent because that's what this is all about independence. So until then, thank you again. And remember those on the way become the way.